pitches, welcome to Pitch Slapped. My name is Kaylee Hillier and I am here with the Pitch Perfect podcast because I am so obsessed with Pitch Perfect. I just had to kind of get it out in multiple podcast episodes, it seems. We just keep on going. I've been a fan of Pitch Perfect since Kimmy Jin went to the activities fair. Great moment. This week... We are delving into all things Chloe week because there was so much. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but Chloe week is always just such a joy just because of the explosion of stuff that we are greeted with on every single day. I don't know how far you've got through all the fix of Chloe week, but there are so many. It's so exciting. And I have been scouring fanfiction.net and AO3 and Tumblr to find all the fics and to give them a read and really immerse myself into the whole Chloe Week experience. Mostly fics, there's some mood boards out there, there's some artwork. It's been just a joy to delve into it all and hopefully... <laughs> I have like painstakingly tried to just pick like one fic for each moment of the Chloe week. It's so hard. <laughs> so we'll see how this goes. We'll be delving into all things the Chloe week and just giving you a few highlights. But before we get to there, we do need to do some actor news. So in actor news this week, Hayley Steinfeld's got some news. Because Hawkeye, the series where she's going to be playing Kate Bishop, which I'm well excited about, has now got a release date. Apparently it will be coming out on Disney Plus on the 24th of November. So date for your diary. It does mean we've got like a few months to wait. But now that we have like a tangible date, I'm so much more excited. And like, hopefully we'll soon get a trailer and everything. Ah. Uh, it's going to be so good. In other news, Britney Snow had some big announcements with September Letters because her and uh, her partner activist Jasper Guest are set to bring September Letters into the creation of a book. Obviously, September Letters started out as an online project and they're hoping to sort of turn this into some sort of book. And apparently, from what we know online, according to an article by The Hollywood Reporter, it's going to be a guidebook for readers centred on the art of therapeutic letter writing and how to promote mental health, self-discovery and healing. The book will apparently feature letters from prominent figures, interviews around mental health, all focused on the uplifting power of letter writing. So this is really exciting because obviously they, they launched September Letters and it's been a joy to see the stuff that's been coming out through the project and now there's like, now we're seeing it going like one step further. It's really cool to just think how this project has just continued to pick up steam and the great work that it's doing and hopefully like we're learning something as well along the way. Kay Cannon has got the Cinderella movie coming out very, very soon. We're about less than a month away. She's been directing the movie Cinderella, which is coming out on Amazon Prime on the 3rd of September, featuring Camila Cabello. 
and the full trailer is out now to see so it's all revving up for the release of cinderella and it looks like an interesting take on the classic fairy tale Skylar Austin is really getting into his uh, music career now. Obviously, he released his first single. And now he's also released that single called Without You as an acoustic version. So, you know, it's just giving you all the aspects of the song. And finally, Elizabeth Banks has started her own podcast where she kind of gets deep She's called the podcast My Body, My Podcast, and apparently it's going to be an open space to talk about all things sex and sexuality. So you can check that out. I have seen her being promoting it and just kind of wanting to be honest with some of her own journey and her own stories. So it looks like it's going to be an interesting podcast. That's it for our Act News this week. It is time for us to literally just delve into all things Bacloe Week. Bacloe Week 2021. My word, there was a whole host of fix. A whole host of things to look at and check out. It has been such a joy to just see how everybody interprets these prompts and makes them their own. The inspiration that people get, I just find baffling. Also, I haven't obviously taken part in Bacloe Week, but I have seen a number of sort of my friends who are into writing taking part in this. The challenge that they put themselves under to try and write all these fics and get them out there and to try and like cover all the days, it's not easy. Like, man. You don't have long between when you get the prompts to when you've got to, like, hit the Chloe week. So, fair play to everybody who took part, whether you did all the week, whether you did one day, like, it's not easy writing fix. And especially when you'll get given a prompt and you have to try and kind of see where this idea takes you. Amazing. And they're always so different. I love sort of just having the one prompt and then seeing how everybody's imaginations have taken this in their own little ways, whether it sticks kind of quite closely to the storylines of Pitch Perfect, where there's little twists in there, whether it's a completely new AU. It's such a joy just to kind of see them all and just have that running theme of the prompt, but how they're all so completely different. I absolutely loved it. And just getting immersed in all of the fix. It's been so hard to kind of make a highlight list up. And so, like, if you have enjoyed it, I would love to hear what fix you loved. I have tried to just pick one fic for each category of Bacloe Week, which is extremely difficult. There are so many fix. And so many sort of great things that have happened. It's so hard just to pick one. I also just didn't want to pick like the same person for like multiple days. So I've like gone for a different writer for each of the days just to vary it up a little bit because there's many writers that have done like every single day of Book Chloe Week and so many good ideas out there. It's so hard just to choose. So, 
I have just kind of picked out some highlights. These are not to say they're the best fix or the worst fix or anything. This is just like, hey, here's some fun stories from Bukhaba Week. Hopefully then you can go away and like see just the amount of great stories that are out there because there are so many. And I could have like done this list like three or four times over. Seriously. Gosh. Obviously for Bukhaba Week we had seven days nine prompts so there was a whole host to go through just to remind us of the prompts from Bukhlawi week we had day one because I'm in love with you dumbass day two there was only one bed day three make up or break up Day four, near-death experience. Day five, you don't know who I am, do you? Day six, neighbours or famous. And day seven, superheroes or wait for me. So, the two last days had two prompts, so we've gone for two fix on those days. All the other ones had one prompt, so we've gone for one fic for each of the days. Just to give you a little taster of what happened on that day. But there's so many I could pick out. Starting off with day one, because I'm in love with you, dumbass. I feel like this is one of the most popular ones that I saw of the week. There were so many fics on day one. My word. Apparently, people just really, really wanted to write about somebody being a dumbass. <laughs> there was a lot, a lot of fics based around the kind of canon Pitch Perfect universe, kind of offshoots of that, whether it was set around Barden, Pitch Perfect One, New York, The Retreat. Some of the highlights, but Chloe is legit did one about Becca being a daredevil and like having a motorcycle and was gonna like jump 10 buses it was crazy and yet as bizarre as it was it was also kind of endearing so <laughs> that one was a joy there was also suit up giving us a little twist where becca and chloe share an apartment but chloe's dating chicago and he's like always there all the time and becca hates it but the thing that I wanted to highlight for the first day was by Alice Case 923 called Cutting Out. And the summary says this one is set right after Pitch Perfect 3. It's available to read on AO3 and it's kind of like the aftermath of Pitch Perfect 3 and what could have happened next and Becca kind of gets on a plane to go back and Chloe's kind of realising her feelings and she's trying to stop Becca in time because like she needs to sort this out and it just the signal's not great people the phone keeps cutting out and it's just causing havoc and misery people are taking things the wrong ways and I loved that little twist how they taken the prompt from day one because I'm in love with you dumbass and literally, like, 
played around with the words and how that statement could have been taken in such a different way because the phone wasn't working properly. So I just really enjoyed that kind of creative play, I suppose, with uh, with that. And it is a little bit kind of heart-wrenching when you're just like, no, how did she not get it? Why did she not know what's going on? And then as you sort of read through it, you suddenly realise why this has kind of escalated the way it has. Your kind of heart's wrenching for Chloe because she's like it feels a little bit like a friends episode like the final episode of friends when ross is trying to get to the airport and stop rachel getting on the plane and it's got that little vibe to it obviously things don't necessarily go quite according to plan and you're just kind of left with a like a heartbroken chloe who just doesn't understand what happened it's so it's like oh it's it's a little bit sad and for me, what really, like, brings this fickle together is Fat Amy. I wasn't expecting Fat Amy to kind of have the impact that she had in this fic, because she's not in it, like, a whole lot. But I loved just the fact that Fat Amy has just obviously been there through it all. She's probably seen the angstiness of Chloe, especially as she's read things maybe the wrong way. And maybe she's just had a little bit of enough, you know? <laughs> like, she's seen these two idiots who love each other and she lives with both of them. So, <laughs> Amy just kind of, like, takes matters into her own hands and is like, okay, guys, you have to sort this out. And just, like, Amy's involvement in this fic, I absolutely loved as she says at the end of the fic, by the way, you're both dumbasses. I mean, like, that sums up, I think, especially as a fan of Pitch Perfect and Chloe and reading fan fiction, the pine, the mutual pining is such a big thing with Chloe that to just have a character just go, you know what? Fine. I'm going to deal with it and just have enough and just kind of sort it out was fantastic. I loved it. Day two of Bukloe Week was there was only one bed. I mean, classic fan fiction trope. One that I think has been done quite often with Bukloe anyway. So this was an interesting one to see where people were going to take a uh, topic that I feel like is a very popular topic anyway. Like, I was surprised that this one made it through Bukloe Week just for the fact that I was like, well, what what can you do with this? Like, how can you take this any further than maybe the classic kind of tropey, oh no, there's one bed, what are we going to do? Like, we've seen it so many times. But I was not disappointed when I dove into this day of Bukloe Week. There's some really sweet ones there as well. I was also kind of nervous because knowing how thirsty the Pitch Perfect fandom was, I was like, oh, we're going to get like a load of smutty ones. But no, you guys had other plans and I definitely enjoyed delving into these. There was a really cute high school AU by TMYLM. There was a number around uh, the New York apartment. Please that surprised wrote one where uh, Becca... Uh, just gets a little bit flustered because she didn't realise how hot Chloe would look in glasses. <laughs> Becca having a girlfriend, which really shakes things up for Chloe. If I only had more paper had one, 
which literally just kind of like Becca's musing thoughts of her relationship with Chloe and just how she feels about everything. There was so many different, like there was an like FBI police one by Isa Cabrell. But the one I wanted to highlight for this day of Book Chloe was actually by Red Lance and it's called Tale as Old as Time. This is available on AO3 and fanfiction.net. And the summary, there's not really anything given away in the summary. It just says, written for Bicloe Day 2. But I must admit, the title of the fic really kind of set my imagination on fire because obviously it reminds me of Beauty and the Beast. It's just got that kind of song reference. So it kind of made me think, oh, was this going to be like a period thing or whatever? Delving into the fic itself... I was so surprised and overjoyed with what was unravelling here because it's kind of this AU situation. I don't know if you would say it's like medieval or fairy tale-esque, legend-esque kind of universe, but it involves like mythical creatures and there's a dragon. Like, I feel like that just kind of brings it all together. Like, you know, castles and all this stuff. And I loved how you didn't really know what was going on. You were kind of along for the ride along with Becca. Poor Becca waking up in a really bad way. And it, it kind of just sets your mind reeling with what on earth could be happening. Especially for a prompt that is like, there was only one bed. What does that have to do with everything else going on in the story? And I loved how, because I didn't really know what was happening, my mind was kind of jumping to conclusions, trying to figure out, just as much as Becca was in the fic, what on earth had happened? Like, where are we? What are we doing? Why is Becca in this state? What has happened? Who's maybe guilty of whatever's happened to Becca? Like, all of this stuff was kind of playing out. And you start kind of putting the puzzle pieces together as you slowly read through. I thought it was really touching as well having Chloe there to be able to tend to Becca and make sure that Becca was okay and they get to have like some cute little moments together. But it's not until the dragon shows up that things just kind of get a little bit like weird. It's such an interesting story. I must admit I was kind of there going, oh my word, I need to know what happens next. Like it's, it feels like a snapshot of what could have been a much bigger fic and I love that sometimes just for the fact that it sends your imagination wild and I could just like lie there or sit there for hours just like thinking about oh what could happen next I also love the fact that you just didn't know who to trust I think because Becca wakes up in this chamber a place she doesn't know she doesn't know how she got there and so you don't know whether or not to trust Chloe who's also in the room or to trust this creature or this dragon whatever it is that's happening and what they're saying and you're just kind of like you know is something bad gonna happen or is it all gonna be okay like all of this stuff was kind of happening and so it was really enjoyable to kind of understand the characters more as you got through the story and kind of pieced this all together and I loved how it was just something I didn't even like, I couldn't have predicted how this was going to go. Like sometimes when you're reading stories, you're like, okay, yeah, I'm in the gist of this now. We're ready. But this one, even though I kind of tried to think about what was going to happen next, I had no idea. 
it was so much fun to read a completely different take on a prompt that I thought was just going to be maybe the a fairly straightforward one for everybody of the week and this one just kind of blew my blew it out of the water totally enjoyed it it was so different on day three of book chloe week it was makeup or breakup this one i was kind of the most nervous about just for the fact that i was like i don't know if i am prepared for the angst that could come with day three i mean do i want to read stories about but chloe breakup i'd rather not I mean, I'll do it. I'm here for a bit of angst. But I'm going to need, like, a fluffy story after just to, like, balance myself out. As you can imagine, we had multiple But Chloe breakup and makeup stories. Another But Chloe shipper did one about Becca not being honest with her family, and it was just kind of a little bit hilarious. Raven Ray also did one about a breakup and it was so sad but it was kind of about how Becca couldn't come out and be honest and kind of how they all worked through all of that on fanfiction.net Wolves did a story about Becca breaking up with Chloe to protect her because she had like an illness and I was like oh that's so sad but I can kind of imagine Becca doing that as well I was like no Becca don't do it the one I wanted to highlight for today is called Traitor by Ferretboy64. This is available to read on AO3 and the summary says Jesse is jealous of Chloe's relationship with Becca. He keeps bringing it up to his girlfriend and then deals with the aftermath of the confrontations. And I thought this was such an interesting story. It's kind of based in and around the Barden years. Obviously becoming its own thing and shooting off from the canon of the storyline. But I loved the fact that the whole story is literally from Jesse's perspective. But I really loved how it really outlined Becca and Jesse's relationship. And the fact that, yeah, like, there was a time when Becca really loved him and he really loves Becca. And how he saw that whole relationship, how he potentially just started getting a little bit of a rivalry with Chloe and it was interesting that in this story it starts off kind of talking about Pitch Perfect 1 and what happened that first year in Barden and how even then Jesse kind of saw the competition and how he dealt with it how he processed everything especially when Chloe is there and she's so close with Becca or like they're both trying to kind of play up to Becca's affections and you kind of get to see sort of good and bad sides of Jesse as he deals with what he sees and what he's trying to understand and it's interesting I think because poor Becca obviously likes this guy and they got on well and she doesn't really know any better and you see her kind of really go through it a little bit I think a big factor of that is the fact that maybe she's not really knowing any different and she's having to kind of reconcile with her own feelings and who she feels close to. And I love how it just seemed like a very real thing, like Jesse's feelings and emotions and how what he saw and what he was experiencing 
I could really imagine him reacting that way. And also the fact that Becca really did love him, but there was just something that didn't make it complete. And yet she found that with somebody else. And you get the kind of, from the very beginnings of their relationship through to the breakup and, and then the aftermath of the breakup, a really interesting kind of tale of, especially Jesse, I think, how he works through that. There's this really lovely point near the end where Jesse and Becca kind of have this conversation. And although it's still painful and it still hurts what happened, that they're able to just kind of give each other a sense of peace. And I loved how we got to see that kind of character progression with Becca and Jesse as they've tried to kind of navigate this as best as they could. It's a really interesting story and I think it just kind of hits on uh, so many aspects of what could have happened in Barden. And these characters that you love and you've seen like the couples and everything and how potentially the, I, I could really have imagined this being how Jesse felt if this is way the Chloe happened really interesting this one got me deep this one I like I was thinking about it day four was near-death experience I was excited for this one not that I wanted anybody to go through terrible things but because it wasn't like death it was near-death experience there was like, you know, at least you had the reassurance that nobody was actually going to die. Like, <laughs> they were just going to get close to it. I mean, we saw a number of crazy things happen. I mean, this day, let's be fair, bad things were going to happen to our beloved characters, whether they were going to have near-death experiences in some form or another. They see tunnels or they're in you know they they speak to past on loved ones as they're in this kind of limbo state just exploring that kind of limbo between life and death and whether you live on or whether you pass on so many kind of interesting takes on this topic there was one by um Rebecca drowning and it was so descriptive of how that whole situation was, but Chloe's a lifeguard, so of course she didn't die. We're just seeing like some of the best sides of the Bellas as well. I mean, uh, Chloe saving people's lives. That seemed to be quite a common one. <laughs> Not so awesome nerd did one with Becca and Chloe throwing their child a birthday party and getting up to all sorts of antics. There was one that I genuinely thought they'd kill somebody off. And I was like heartbroken. I was like, oh my word, what are you doing to me? That was by Wolves on fanfiction.net where Chloe saves Aubrey's life, but she literally gets like hit by a truck. And it was horrific. Like I was like going, this is supposed to be near death experience, not death experience, but it was okay. It worked out in the end. I'm not going to tell you what happened. <laughs> also, there was another one by Late to the Party who literally kind of, I feel like, had a very therapeutic experience of rewriting Pitch Perfect 3 as some sort of, like, fever dream that Paul Becker has. How many of us would want that to actually be the case for Pitch Perfect 3? 
I mean, fair play, that went so well. But the one I wanted to highlight for this day, I think has got to be the funniest fic of the whole of the Chloe week. I like. I read this and I was like, oh my word, this is fantastic. It is called Chloe and Becker's Kitchen Nightmare by Fire Roasted. This is available to read on AO3. And the summary says... Becca buys a subscription meal kit for Chloe for a fun date idea. Things don't go exactly as planned. Now, I will warn you with this fic, okay? (laughs) If you're a little bit squeamish about food, maybe don't read this story or vomit. But you're in the Perch Perfect fandom, so hopefully you're okay with a bit of vomit. (laughs) Anyway, so... (laughs) I think... Because this one was so different from a lot of the things that had happened, this one was just such a different idea than a lot of what I had read for that day. A lot of them kind of get quite heavy. This one, complete flip, where you just had two adorable idiots. And I say that in the most endearing way possible. But oh my word, Becca and Chloe in this story are... such idiots like if you read this story just bear in mind that if you know any sense about cooking you don't even have to like be a good cook just like general common knowledge stuff about cooking you will read this story and just be like oh my word what the heck are they doing like why why i like reading the story cringing at all the things that these two adorable idiots are doing in the kitchen like <laughs> to the point where you just want to scream at them because you you can see what's going to happen next you know what's going to happen next you just can't stop them doing it oh my word seriously like and when you think that it's just maybe the one thing, no, it gets worse. They do something else to just, like, escalate this whole thing. And you want to, like, get really mad at them, but you can't because they're both being cute in the kitchen. They just don't know how to cook. Like, why Becca thought this would be a good idea when neither of them can cook, I will never know. For example, one of the just endearing things was their reaction to the raw chicken they got this raw chicken breast or whatever and it's like they get it out of the packet it's on the counter and they're both freaking out with like how it feels to touch a raw chicken and i'm like guys are you telling me that you've never touched a raw chicken like i don't know i've never had a problem touching a raw chicken so clearly i don't know what the issue is there but i have had friends who do have an issue touching like raw chicken um But they see, they'll just get a fork and that way they don't have to touch the chicken. Apparently, (laughs) Becca and Chloe just don't think that's... Don't even think of that idea. So the chicken's an issue. And of course, you have to be a little bit careful with chicken in the kitchen. But they're just like spreading it everywhere. Like... And then there's another bit that I almost think is worse. When they realise they don't have any oil to cook with. So instead of thinking, oh, maybe we should go and get some oil or maybe we should use some butter or something because, you know, they don't know anything about using stuff in the kitchen. I'm not saying that I am a good cook by any stretch of the imagination. Don't ask me. I can, like, cook maybe, like, two or three things or I just know enough to, like, make it passable. 
But there's this point where they need to get some oil. And the only thing that Chloe ever does in the kitchen is make salads. So Becca goes and gets all the salad dressing. And let's just say maybe Chloe just buys a lot of salad dressing and doesn't use it all. So maybe it sits around for a while and separates. And there's like what looks like oil at the top of the bottle. <laughs> So Becca is trying to get these little bits of oil out of what what seems to be potentially gone off salad dressing. <laughs> I mean, it just carries on from there. Like, you can't make this stuff up. I mean, it's amazing. Oh my word. So like, there are other things that happen in that kitchen. But as you can tell, like... This is just a potentially disastrous situation on day four of Bacloa Week, which is a near-death experience. This is like a self-inflicted near-death experience because they're both idiots. And so you also get the aftermath of what happens after they've eaten the food. The, like, this is another thing, right? Okay, so I have a lot to say about this story because it was so good. They make whatever the heck this thing becomes, this soup or whatever. They then sit down to eat it. And like, I don't know what they think is good or not good tasting food, but clearly this is passable enough for them to eat. Also, Becca's bundled a load of spice into this. I love spice, so I don't know how hot it was, but the fact that they were determined to eat this is a testament, I think, to just, you know, they're going hardcore. Becca and Chloe, hardcore. And like, they're like crying because it's so... Uh, <laughs> it's so hot. Like, plus just all the other things that have happened in that dish, in the making of it, and you're just like, oh my word, like, they are going to die. <laughs> so, yeah... Day four of the Chloe was a, an interesting experience. I totally enjoyed it. <laughs> I just wasn't expecting to have day four be the day when I was just like, this is the most funniest fic ever. I might have to add this one to just my collection of just crack bizarre fics. We should move on because I could just keep talking about this story all day long. Day five of the Chloe week was you don't know who I am, do you? This one I was torn as to which one to pick because there were so many good ones. Ridiculously Over Obsessed had done a story where Chloe meets Becca in a bar and she starts flirting but it turns out they used to date each other. How Chloe didn't recognise her I don't know. Gosh Chloe. Thalito189 on AO3 did a story where Chloe's drunk and she thinks she's calling Aubrey, but she's actually calling Becca. And as you can imagine, if you uh, are drunk, maybe harbouring long-lost love for someone, that uh, maybe you just want to get off your chest. You get it off your chest to the wrong person. <laughs> like, it was such a cute little story. But the one I wanted to highlight for today is by But Chloe is Legit. This is on AO3 and fanfiction.net and the summary says Becca goes on tour for six months. When she gets home, the one person she can't wait to see doesn't know who she is. 
And there was a lot of stories during this day of the Chloe week that was obviously like they'd known each other and maybe they got re- reunited or something like that. But this one was a really different take on it. It was quite endearing. This is kind of the f- family Chloe situation. We've got established Chloe and they have like their first child. They're young mums and they've, you know, doting over their little one and all this stuff. And you can just kind of imagine them in this whole little cute universe. And as the summary says, Becca then has to go on tour for quite a while. And as a new mother, how difficult and challenging that must be to leave your little family and you're not going to see them for a long time. And you kind of get a little insight into like how life was during that period of time but obviously the kind of key to the story is when Becca comes home after about six months like this is a long time to be away especially with like a young newborn like things move pretty quickly so Becca obviously missed a lot and so when she comes home because she hasn't been around the baby doesn't know who she is as like a young mother that's gonna be heartbreaking man like this was it was like such a sad moment but you could kind of understand it because the kid hasn't seen her and I just felt so bad for poor Becca and you just kind of hoped against hope that it would all work out that like hopefully over time the child would get to know Becca again it does just really make you kind of stop and think you know if you ever had children and a career and like how you would balance it all because to not be there for like important moments must be so difficult I can't imagine and it was kind of just nice to have a little like family Bechloe AU in amongst everything there were quite a few sort of family Bechloe stories during the week of Bechloe week and this one just kind of jumped out at me there's quite a different take on it it does have a sweet ending though so you don't have to worry it's not too angsty Just a little bit of angst there. Jumping over to day six of Chloe Week. We had two prompts. We had Neighbours and Famous. So I'm going to look at Neighbours first. I was quite surprised, actually. I thought more people were going to jump on the Famous prompt. But it seems like Neighbours was a really popular category. And I was surprised because it also felt like quite a common subject that's been covered and fixed before but it, clearly you guys are not finished with just the uh, the trope of neighbours so <laughs> we had a story by 22 tie and please act surprised where becca's just a little bit of a creep peeping on a neighbour there's also one by raven re which is so that's like a such a cute little story where becca moves into an apartment and she's got like a little kitten and i mean that's like the basics of the story but it's just like really cute but the story i wanted to highlight for today is called the orange tree by late to departy this is available on ao3 and the summary says a meet cute neighbors au set in the san fernando valley emily junk and becca mitchell are cousins a scene from a someday longer au Catherine Junk is deceased since before the story begins. It seems like this is like a little snapshot from a longer story, but 
you don't need to have read the other story to know what is happening here it's like it really does stand on its own as its own little thing and it sets like the groundwork of emily and becca being cousins living in this house together and the adjoining house next door's house emily also owns because it was her mother's and she's letting it out the people who end up renting the house are chloe and aubrey now what kind of ties this all together is this orange tree that's out the back of the house it's technically on Chloe and Aubrey's land as part of where they're renting, but Becca has always been allowed to take oranges from the tree. And she's like very passionate about these oranges. They must be good oranges. <laughs> like, So Becca gets really nervous that they're going to like not like her taking the oranges from this tree. I can't imagine she's going to take that many oranges, but you never know. So you get this kind of fun dynamic between Becca and Emily figuring out what an is and isn't okay. And like, I love the fact that they have quite an established relationship. You can kind of tell that they've grown up together or whatever, and they can be quite honest with each other. <laughs> and Emily's like, look, dude, I own the house. You can take oranges from the tree. <laughs> like, But Becca's still a little bit nervous, you know, there's, there's she's, she just likes these oranges. She's not going to take anybody saying uh, no. So the flip side is you then get like Chloe and Aubrey moving into this house and uh, Chloe wanting an orange. So of course, as fate would allow, they both end up, Becca and Chloe, at the orange tree at the same time. And I love the interaction because you've got Becca there already anticipating that there's going to be a problem. So she, like her guard goes right up. Like she's she's ready for it like and so you can imagine like she's never met these people before or anything but she's already in like a snarky mood because she's just ready to fight for her oranges and chloe has no idea about any of this and she's pretty chill about becca taking an orange so when becca kind of goes on to the uh attack Chloe's just a bit taken aback by everything. You get this fun little, like, interaction between the two of them as Becca just kind of goes into defensive mode and Chloe's just trying to be endearingly funny and they kind of end up having a meet in the middle. It's so good. I love the fact that this whole story just kind of revolves around this orange tree. Like, what a bizarre concept. But it allowed for this kind of great interaction, this great, like, fun story to happen. So, well enjoyable. For day six, we also had the famous AU. I was surprised with how varied the famous ones were. All the ginger ladies did a story that involved Lego, like Becca getting a Lego. I was sold, like, I love Lego. And just to imagine that maybe one day Anna Kendrick or Becca would get a Lego character of themselves. Perfect. I mean, you can get Lego Poppy, which is not quite the same, is it? Also, Red Lance did a story on this day of Big Chloe Week that blew my mind. And it's like left on a cliffhanger. So <laughs> completely different kind of idea for the famous AU, but it works so well. And it's just kind of like this serial killer story. I am slightly terrified of that story, but it was well good. But the one I wanted to highlight for the famous prompt is by Hedaz Wolf 
and it's called Baby I Know Places We Won't Be Found. The summary says they meet at a table read. Becca didn't know what Chloe Beale would be like in real life. Her years in the music industry had taught her to never take someone's public persona at face value. No one is who they project themselves to be on social media and red carpets, least of all actors. But Chloe Beale? Becca quickly learns is the exception to the rule. I really liked with this one how they had kind of pushed a little bit of the boundaries of what maybe Becca was going to do because I think it's tricky with... I think it's so easy with fame may use that Becca's going to be a singer or something along those lines because that's kind of what happens in the movies and having kind of and pushing her into the direction of maybe acting was a really fun kind of change for Becca and this story has really got such a great groundwork behind it and it looks like it's going to become a multi-chapter story as well so there's like more to come with this story which I'm well excited about because even just from this first chapter and kind of getting into this little universe, I was hooked. I think especially what I find endearing with the story is how Becca has all of these preconceptions of what actors were going to be like and what she's seen on social media and like what they are. And yet Chloe Beale just kind of throws her off so much because she's just always the same. There's no facade going on with Chloe and even just from this first chapter you get the chemistry between Becca and Chloe like from the off like it's there you can tell I mean but Chloe just naturally brings it but because you're reading everything from Becca's perspective and obviously she's nervous she's never really been on a movie set and so she's learning a lot along the way and obviously she's got very experienced actors around her and she's feeling a little bit like what am I doing but she kind of really embraces the experience. So sometimes she's nervous or she gets caught off guard. I just love the way that kind of Chloe's there often and just helps ease her through everything. And she learns like little tricks or tips along the way because Chloe's done this plenty of times and she's just kind of helping Becca out. Because you don't know what is in Chloe's mind and how she's thinking of everything, you can only interpret it and you're just like, I oh, Chloe feels the same way, come on. Like Becca's feeling guilty because she starts developing a crush and you've got some of the classic like Chloe story things in there. <laughs> but that because you've got the chemistry there, literally in any of their interactions, you're just kind of waiting for it to tip a little bit, like for this to just take another step forward whether it starts off with them taking naps or whatever, they get into these like little routines together. And this first chapter kind of accumulates in this kissing scene. And I loved how it was kind of something that was part of the work that maybe Becca's really nervous about and Chloe just wants to help her out. Maybe she's not helping with the nerves at all, but you know, she's gonna try. And it definitely feels like Chloe feels something just as much as Becca does. They're both not wanting to admit it. And it's all masked by this kissing scene that's going to come up. And so there's this really lovely moment where Chloe's like, look, let's practice. And 
of course, you know, it just kind of escalates from there a little bit. But it was so cute. And after reading through this first, like, chapter, I was so ready to just keep on going. So I'm well excited to see how this story continues. I, I really enjoyed, like, you got, like, the glam of, of it being this famous AU, but also with just the very real nature of say becca just being out of her depth in this environment learning to kind of embrace it and just the friendship that becca and chloe build day seven of the chloe week the final day had two prompts as well we had the superhero au and wait for me i was surprised that there weren't more superhero stories i was expecting there to be quite a few but there weren't as many as I thought. Apparently superheroes is a difficult one to fit with the Chloe. There was one story by Ferretboy64, which I like, I don't know where this idea came from, but it was just kind of like bizarrely endearing. And it's about Becca picking up a drunk Chloe, but Chloe's got these super powers that she wants to reveal and she uses all these puns and everything to get everything across and it's just hilarious you feel a little bit sorry for becca but you can't be angry at chloe at all it's just so great <laughs> but the one i wanted to highlight for superheroes was by another the chloe shipper this is available on ao3 and the summary says au where people get their superpower when they meet their soulmate and the power they get is based on their soulmate's personality as people know, I am a little bit of a sucker for a soulmate AU. And this one, I just loved the whole premise of the idea of this whole kind of superhero meet cute. But instead of it being like tattoos or something else, this would be superpowers. And also the added extra of it being the fact that they take on a superpower that kind of reflects their soulmate's personality not just like not their personality their soulmates so like taking characters like becca and chloe who are complete opposites it was really fun to see what powers they got and they take the kind of storyline of pitch perfect one and obviously you know the meet cute that happens there and then adding in this kind of superpower element to it was a lot of fun I did feel a little bit sorry for Becca though, that <laughs> with the superpower she got. <laughs> but it's Chloe Beale, of course she, knew she was going to have some sort of power that Becca would probably find quite embarrassing. <laughs> I kind of wanted to know how they're going to use these powers more in the future, like how would it all come together? And the final prompt was wait for me. Lots of different versions of this, whether it was people like greek evil regal 24 who did a story about like becca getting this great educational course for a year and she's dating chloe and does she go does she not go retakes of pitch perfect threes but chloe kiss there's a really cute one by all the ginger ladies where becca's too busy to go on a family trip to the beach but then like she just kind of sorts out her priorities but the one I wanted to highlight for this prompt was by Not So Awesome Nerd called From the First. This is available on AO3 and the summary says Baby Bacloe, Teenage Bacloe, Mum Life Bacloe across two decades. 
Becca and Chloe have always been made for each other. And so you have this story which covers little snapshots into moments of Becca and Chloe's lives together. Starting off when they're like six years old. And there's just something really endearing about reading a story where Becca and Chloe meet when they're kids. And like the fun interactions that they have. And it all revolves around this park. And I loved the fact there was this common thread through the story of this park that pops up quite often um, throughout their lives and became quite significant in their relationship. And it starts off kind of describing Becca and Chloe's relationship to this park and how Chloe loves it and she's such an outgoing child. And of course, Becca hates it. And so... <laughs> I just the the image of a little like grumpy six-year-old Becca is just like the cutest thing ever. Love it. So you can imagine Becca and Chloe at this park having this meet cute and how that was gonna go. It's like you've got the most stubborn, like introverted Becca and the most outgoing ready for a challenge Chloe like between the two of them they have this little meeting and it's so cute fair play to Chloe like this six-year-old Chloe is a saint like she has so much patience she could have like kicked off or walked away but no she was determined that she was going to have a conversation with this little six-year-old Becca and I loved that Chloe had that persistence, even when Becca would just ignore her because she's too busy playing with her rocks or whatever, and eventually, like, finds something to draw Becca out, and it just kind of begins this little friendship. We then have another snapshot of when they're teenagers, and they have this, like, first kiss together, and it's great to kind of jump forward and see how their relationship has continued through school and everything and maybe start bridging the gap from friendship into something a little bit more. And then it all kind of accumulates with uh, seeing Becca and Chloe, like, further on, like, when they're 26, with their own child now, but again, then having this little moment at this park. And I loved that that was, like, a common theme, and you just kind of saw everything becoming full circle. It was very cute. So that's like a whole load of fix from the Chloe week this year. It's been such a joy to really get into them and just to see how many great ideas that you all come up with. There's also some great artwork by Sketchy Wave on Tumblr and you can check out all the pieces that they made for the Chloe week. The fact that they actually were able to draw out a number of the days and prompts amazing and also just another little highlight often for the chloe week people will do like one shots as the prompts but somebody took on the challenge of making a whole story out of all of the prompts and it's not like in any particular order this is a story that's kind of inspired by the prompts from the chloe week and then merging it all together to make this one story. It's on fanfiction.net by Fear the Lily and it's literally just called the Chloe Week 2021. 
such amazing idea and concept that my imagination just ran with it. I wasn't expecting anything like this at all. So it was really pleasant surprise when I was going through all of the Chloe Week stuff to kind of stumble across this story. And the way they've outlined it is that each of the chapters is one of the prompts. So they kind of outline the seven prompts that they've taken, but they're in different orders. Um, so like superpowers is the first one, but it kind of goes through all of them. So it's a seven chapter story. There's not really a summary for it, but what I would say is that it's a superhero story. Becca's mum and dad are killed and Becca's part of what had happened to them. And so she ends up in a bad way in hospital. And then she's given an opportunity to make her life better, but also make others' lives better. So she takes on board this experimental surgery and ends up with superpowers. With the added twist of it being set around like Becca in high school as well. So you've got all of these little elements and I love kind of Marvel stuff that the idea of there being like a superhero story I found really exciting. And like, I must admit, this is just like, this is like a fully fledged story. Like, I I really got into it. Whether it's Becca's relationship with Fat Amy or Stacy, you also have the additional other characters that kind of build up this universe, but it really did feel like this person had really crafted this whole kind of universe together. It feels very thorough as you're reading through it. And I loved how they kind of merged the prompts in and how maybe the prompts had inspired the story as well and, and kind of brought it along. We don't get Chloe till the second chapter, but there's this fun little moment between Becca and Stacy where Becca's just like, how is it that like every superhero is just attracted to redheads? And of course, Chloe's a redhead, so I wonder what's going to happen there. But like, such a big truth bomb that I was like, oh my word, this is true. Like, it's great to have like a superhero origin story. Like it felt like I was reading like a movie. So those are all the figs, all the highlights that I've got for you for Big Chloe Week. There's so much more out there. You just have to go and check it out. I literally, I could like be here for like three or four hours highlighting all the figs. I literally have here a 25 page document with all of my notes from Big Chloe Week. So <laughs> there's plenty to check out. These are just a few figs that I've drawn out to just share today thank you so much for listening if you want to keep up with the podcast we are on tumblr instagram facebook and twitter and of course we do have a ko-fi account if you wanted to support the podcast that way and we are going to be taking a little break with pit slapped i've done this for just over a year and it's amazing but life's just getting a little bit hectic at the moment that I thought, you know what, I'm just going to have like a little like summer break. Hopefully like bring everything back together. I didn't want to get too messy with the podcast. I want to try and keep the quality up. So we're having a little summer break with Pitch Lapped and then we will be back in the autumn winter to keep it going again. I'll see you next time, pitches.